in the beginning. When a couple has known each other as long as Jeff and Maggie have known each other, it's tempting for those of us that know them to look back and say, well, in the beginning, dot, 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 we know of so much of their story. They knew of so much of one another before getting to, to this point, that friendship essential to the human condition and a lost art, dare I say, in a society driven by silos and social media. But in the beginning, a friendship. It's tempting, I suppose, for us not only to look back at that, but to desire to go back to simpler times, perhaps. In the beginning. But when we gather here, when we gather in this holy place, when we gather as a people of faith, in the beginning triggers something else. We go back, as we just heard Brendan read for us, to Genesis. How in the beginning, not just in their beginning, male and female, he created them. Different from the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle and the wild creatures, and yes, different from each other, both equal in dignity, made in his image and likeness. In the beginning, how desirous we can be of that paradise, and rightly so. From the beginning, it was It was to be this way. And yet, we know, despite the simplicity of the divine Godhead, the origins of love, we live in a fallen world. So what is the answer? How can we possibly hope for something that isn't in the beginning, but is today, right here and right now? We hear the answer, of course, from our Lord. Remain, he says, in my love. I have come that my joy might be in you, and your joy might be complete. There were a lot of days that led up to this moment. There was a lot of decisions that had to be made up to this moment, and in every one of those decisions there had to be a no. And a yes. And sometimes, if you're like me, when we have to make those decisions, we get stuck on on the nose. Like, oh, I'm going to miss out on that. But Jesus does not invite us to look at those no's. He invites us to look at that one ultimate yes. I have come that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. He wants the two of you and he wants all of us to have that joy fulfilled. How? Well, he tells us, and Paul sings of it, if you will, as Holly read so nicely for us from 1 Corinthians. Love is not selfish. It's not prideful. It's not brood over injury, but love 
It pours itself out. Jesus showed us. Love one another as I have loved you. What is that? We see it when we come to the altar here. He pours his body and blood out for us. We see it whenever we open the scriptures and we see how he he pours his life out for us. And we look every time we see the cross, we see it. How he pours himself out for us. Many well-intentioned people will say to a bride and groom, I don't know if it happened to you, but I wouldn't be surprised because it happens so often. So many people give well-intended but terrible advice as a couple approaches their wedding day, telling them it has to be 50-50. That's the only way it can work. And I propose that's why about 50% of marriages fail. It is well-intended, I know. But the reason it doesn't work is if we're only in 50, then we're holding 50 back. All in. All at once. We're standing right on the edge of the cliff. Beautiful pool down below. And we're making that decision right here and right now. The two of you. You're going to throw your life, Maggie, into the pool of Jeff's. And Jeff, you're going to throw your life into the pool of Maggie's. 100%. From the beginning, this is how it was. And yet, I'd be foolish, I'd be a liar, if I said that there will not be the challenges. We live in this world with sin, and we live in this world with selfishness, so, so clearly seen. So clearly seen in the heinous acts that were a score years ago. Right here and right now, I propose love takes the stay back. As these two stand up as a, a tower of faith and hope and love to be united as one, we take this day back with the love of God.